We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. go episode 647 of the Al Galdi podcast it is Friday September 1st 2023 a new month has begun it is September as earth wind and fire <laughs> said many years ago say do you remember dancing in September the first four days of this September constitute Labor Day weekend the weekend on which The college football season truly gets going. Uh, Coming up later in the show, the season debut of Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for Maryland Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. I will talk Terrapins, whose season opener is home to Towson Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and I will pick the season openers for the Hokies and Cavaliers. Virginia Tech, home to Old Dominion, Saturday night at 8, Virginia at number 12, Tennessee, Saturday at noon. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. This coming weekend, the last weekend of no NFL regular season or playoff games until February. Let that sink in. Uh, the Commanders, they on Thursday afternoon officially announced a $40 million investment in FedEx Field, which uh, some might say is not worth 40 bucks, (laughs) but I digress. Among the things that the money is being put toward, three new themed suites, new ticket scanning pedestals, point of sale upgrades, updated commander's branded imagery around the stadium, maintenance repairs to the bowl, and paint around the stadium. And to all of that, I say bravo, Josh Harris Group. Consider this. The previous lead owner of the Commanders, Dan Snyder, perhaps you're aware of him, uh, he did not even have a major field reconstruction of FedEx Field until 2021, 22 years after he got the stadium. Here we have managing partner Josh Harris. He just bought the team, including FedEx Field, on July 21st, and he's already pumping in $40 million to make the stadium better. Josh Harris is known to spend money on infrastructure, and he is doing just that. Great to see. Well, not so great was what we on Thursday morning learned about what's going on 
Commander's edge defender Chase Young in his recovery from a stinger. Uh, His status for the team's regular season opener, home to the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday afternoon, September 10th at 1, is in doubt. Uh, Next segment, I'll give you the latest on Chase, and you'll hear what head coach Rod Rivera in a post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon had to say about Chase. You'll also hear what Ron had to say about the state of the team's defensive line going into the regular season, given some roster moves that the team announced on Thursday morning. And you'll hear Ron on the evolution of defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. And then in the following segment, more on the Commanders. Some interesting comments from Ron on what quarterback Sam Howell has improved on the most uh, and on the Commanders roster. Specifically, how good is it and how important is the character on the roster? Is the culture of the Commanders in a good place? And speaking of the team's culture, uh, I also have for you an update on the legal situation for linebacker Jamin Davis. So lots of Commanders conversation is coming up. And also on the show, I will talk Nationals. Uh, Their offense has gotten cold. A 6-1 loss to the Miami Marlins at Nationals Park on Thursday night. The Nats now have lost four of their last five games. The Nats over the four losses have totaled just five runs. And also on Thursday night was a rough outing for starting pitcher Yoanda Doan. Five runs in five innings. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from someone calling him or herself hippie in the hills regarding commander's merchandise, uh, writes hippie in the hills. I was really surprised that the Frederick Costco didn't have any Washington gear available with all of the store's kickoff apparel and was instead stocked with Steelers gear where Washington gear would have been. I don't think that the team should wait to announce a rebrand. Massive miss. Fix this now. Uh, And Hippie in the Hills with the tweet includes a photo of the Costco featuring a bunch of Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens hoodies. Uh, Thank you. For the tweet, so the Costco in Frederick, Maryland, having a bunch of Steelers merch as opposed to Commander's merch uh, is jarring, but actually not that surprising. You from the Washington, D.C. area to get to Pittsburgh drive through Frederick? Uh, I know that because I've done that uh, plenty of times. My wife is from Pittsburgh, massive Steelers fan. Her father was a Steelers season ticket holder for years. But obviously, any store in the state of Maryland (laughs) having Steelers merch over Commander's merch is a terrible look for the Commanders. And all that you can do is hope that this kind of thing is changing. Uh, Yes, the Steelers have a major national following, but of course, this should not be happening. A store in Maryland carrying Steelers merch over Commander's merch. Uh, The Commanders reestablishing themselves with fans in the D.C. area is going to take some time, and hopefully uh, we are in the process of the team uh, reestablishing itself with fans in this area. Email from Dave on something that I talked about on last Friday's show, episode 642, the annual Goldie Kids birthday party, which took place last Saturday. My son just turned six. My daughter just turned three. Their birthdays are three days apart. Uh, We did not do that on purpose, uh, but we four each of the last three years now have done a double birthday party. What is the Coachella of kids' birthday parties? So writes Dave, I don't think that a double birthday extravaganza is your best work. I remember the time that you had to solo parent both kids for a weekend. Having recently done that with my five-year-old and twin two-year-olds, I would lean toward that being a bigger achievement. 
Of course, it is the culmination of all of these moments that truly elevate you to GOAT parenting status. <laughs> I would love a list of top five harrowing parenting moments, camping, stomach bugs, road trips, public tantrums. I am sure that there is a lot to choose from. Uh, thank you for the email, Dave, but I am in no way a goat of parenting, okay? <laughs> Trust me. Uh, that weekend last year, a weekend during which my wife was away and I watched the two kids, <laughs> that weekend was like the commander's two-day joint training camp practice session at the Baltimore Ravens a few weeks ago for quarterback Sam Howell if he did not do well during those joint practices. You know how Ron Rivera talked about the joint practices essentially being the final test for Sam uh, to earn the starting quarterback job? Sam passed that test. I failed that test. I failed that test with flying colors. I gained a whole new appreciation for uh, single parents. Uh, Shout out to all of the single mamas and papas out there. Uh, You know, we are in the process of potty training the three-year-old, but when I say we, my wife is doing like 90% of the work, okay? I'm more like the overseer. To continue with the commander's analogies, if the potty training is the offense, my wife is Eric Bieniemy, and I'm Ron Rivera, okay? My wife is Eric Bieniemy. She is the assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator who actually truly is running the offense, and I'm Ron, okay? I'm the overseer. I'm off to the side. Hey, every good process needs a good overseer. Don't ever <laughs> forget that. Uh, and if you need legal representation... Uh, If you have been harmed by the negligence of someone else or if someone who you care about has been harmed by the negligence of someone else, know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is always there for you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that is always ready to fight for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace provides a passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and Ace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Ace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Uh, how about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yeah, Paulson and Ace has taken on Big Pharma and one. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Uh, Bradley versus the United States of America, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. Uh, this to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government <laughs> and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. And don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family.
Thank you to all of you who have given this podcast a five-star rating and who have written nice reviews of the podcast. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate the podcast. Five-star ratings are very much appreciated, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long. It could be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews do help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Uh, so I on Wednesday's show, episode 645, in discussing what Commander's head coach Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew said during their joint press conference on Tuesday afternoon regarding the team's cut down to 53, played a cut in which Ron was asked how edge defender Chase Young is doing in his recovery from the stinger that he suffered in the team's preseason opening win at the Cleveland Browns on August 11th. And Ron, in his answer, was in no mood to talk about it. Chase's injury recovery. And I wondered if Ron talked that way because he just didn't want to talk about injuries or because there had been some negative development in Chase's recovery from the stinger. Uh, Well, it turns out that the latter was the case. Uh, We on Thursday morning had multiple reports that Chase still has not been cleared for full activity, although he is progressing. Uh, The person who broke the news was Commander's Insider Ben Standig of The Athletic, a friend of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, Ben on Thursday morning tweeted, quote, Commander's defensive end Chase Young is progressing from the stinger injury suffered in the preseason opener. However, he is still not cleared for contact, is expected to meet with another doctor this week, and is uncertain for week one. End quote. The Commander's practiced on Thursday morning. Ron Rivera did a post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon. This was Ron on Chase Young. The biggest thing I can tell you is the guy's practicing, doing everything we need him to do right now as he's getting ready for the opener. You know, I have, you know, no idea what the doctor's going to do, but I do know right now that he's told him he can continue to progress and get himself ready to go. So until then, there's nothing that we can tell you, nothing we can say, and you know, we'll have the medical report come out on Wednesday. Ron Rivera, uh, obviously not wanting to say much. It is significant that the commanders have not put Chase Young on the reserve injured list. Uh, Them having not done that is a sign that they expect him to be able to play sometime soon. How soon would be the question. Uh, The team, of course, played a good chunk of last season without Chase. Uh, He was on the reserve physically unable to perform list from August 23rd, 2022 to November 21st, 2022, due to the badly injured right knee that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. And he, upon being activated off the reserve physically unable to perform list, uh, then was inactive for three consecutive games. You know, this uh, three and dope preseason <laughs> for the Commanders included receiver Terry McLaurin in the win over the Baltimore Ravens at FedEx Field on Monday Night Football on August 21st, suffering a right big toe injury that could keep him from playing in week one. Uh, so both Terry and Chase could be out for week one due to injuries suffered in the preseason. The Commanders 2023 preseason, not kind to uh, big name Commanders players who went Ohio State. Uh, The commanders on Thursday morning did announce a bunch of roster moves. Uh, The team announced having placed interior defensive lineman Fedarian Mathis and edge defender F.A. Obata on the reserve injured list. Uh, The team announced having signed center Tyler Larson and interior defensive lineman Abdullah Anderson to the 53-man roster. And the team announced having signed linebacker Jabril Cox to the practice squad. Uh, Mathis is dealing with a calf injury. Obata, it turns out, is dealing 
with a knee injury. Each guy is eligible to return this season. Now that the cut down to 53 has passed, players placed on the reserve injured list can be activated off the list after the uh, requisite amount of time on the list. Uh, the commanders on Tuesday afternoon announced that they and their cut down to 53 had released Tyler Larson, but the team did end up doing what I on Wednesday's show, episode 645, suspected that the team might do, put Fedarian Mathis on the reserve injured list and sign back Tyler Larson. Uh, Abdul Ola Anderson, uh, the commanders on March 17th announced having signed him as an unrestricted free agent. They, on Tuesday afternoon, announced that they and their cut down to 53 had released Anderson, but he now is back. Uh, Anderson, in the 2022 regular season with the Atlanta Falcons, played in 16 games with eight starts and played on 38.6% of the Falcons' defensive snaps. And then Jabril Cox, so we talked about him on Thursday's show, episode 646. He was taken by the Dallas Cowboys in the fourth round of the 2021 NFL Draft out of LSU. Uh, he over the last two regular seasons played in a total of 16 games for the Cowboys. Uh, Washington going into the 2021 draft really liked Jabril Cox. But you think about the commander's defensive line. Both Fedarian Mathis and F.A. Obada now are on the reserve injured list. Uh, Chase Young could be out for who knows how long. Uh, this was Ron Rivera on Thursday afternoon on how he's feeling about the team's defensive line going into the regular season. It's very good, you know, but with, you know, the, those two guys going on, we're going to count on a, a veteran guy in, in, in Abdullah Anderson uh, to step up and help out. Uh, and then um, Benning Patai, I hope I said that right. I apologize, Benning. Um, is guy that we may have to pop up depending on what happens. Um, we, we're going to rely a little bit on the young guys you know, to, to help round out the rest of that uh, that group. So, um, you know, we like the backups. We, we, we think we think um, James Smith-Williams and, and Casey are, are very capable guys. You know, a year ago, again, when those guys were, were playing a lot, you know, they contributed to, to where we ended up as a defense. So um, feel good about what we've done and just knowing that, you know, we have a chance to get uh, eventually at some point getting both F.A. and Fidarian out there, it, it, it's it's yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that. Uh, <laughs> the name that Rod Rivera had a hard time pronouncing was the name of Benning Potoai. Uh, Ron, the guy's name is Benning Potoai. Uh, and then um, Benning Potai. <laughs> All right, close enough, Ron. Close enough. Uh, Benning Potoai. Uh, he is a defensive lineman on the commander's practice squad. Also regarding the commander's defense on Thursday afternoon with some good stuff from Ron Rivera on defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. Boy, has the tide with Jack Del Rio, has the tide with old JDR turned. Uh, we last year at multiple points had people calling for Jack to be fired. People wanted him fired after the uh, famous uh, dust-up comments <laughs> at a press conference in June 2022. People wanted him fired after the uh, not-so-great start for the commander's defense over the first two games of the 2022 regular season off the disappointing 2021 regular season for the defense. Well, here we are now. Washington, in two of its three seasons with Jack as defensive coordinator, has had a top 10 defense. Here are Washington's rankings in the NFL in total defense per DVOA in each of Jack's three regular seasons as Washington defensive coordinator 2020 number three, 2021 number 27, 
2022, number nine. The Commanders this coming season could be top 10 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA for a third time in four seasons for the first time since 2004 through 2007. Uh, Jack Del Rio, of course, is a veteran NFL coach. This was Ron Rivera on Thursday afternoon on whether Jack, over his time as Washington defensive coordinator, has evolved. And then you'll hear multiple follow-up exchanges with Commander's Insider Sam Fortier of the Washington Post. Evolved. Oh, yeah. Most certainly. I, I tell you, 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 when we first got started, you know, obviously, and, and, and it was a little different circumstances, um, you could really see it. Uh, he was getting back into the, into the groove, into the swing of things, because he had been out. And I think as every year has come, he's handled a different situation, different set of circumstances, you know, having instant success. And then, you know, we struggled a little bit our second year and, and, and he took it really personally. Uh, he came out and I told you guys that, that I uh, really appreciated the way he started that, that meeting last year about the guys basically, Hey, what happened last year was not good enough, you know, and then that was on us. You know, we, we approached it the wrong way. Um, this year, I, I love the way he started again. Just basically, guys, hey, just because we were where we were doesn't mean we can get back. We've got to work to get back. And he's had a great impact, I think, on our guys this year. I really think it's, it started the right way, and that's that's been a huge plus. Is that schematic as well, like going to yes. the match zone, things like that? Like, yes. How does that play into it? I think the biggest thing is, is you know, getting it installed initially – now putting the nuances to it, the, the 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 toolbox, the things that they can use for the different coverages that we have, you know, you know, we we, we play a zone match principle, uh, we play basically basic two, we play Tampa two, uh, we play quarter quarter halves, you know, we play halves quarter quarter, you know, we we he has the ability to do those things with these guys now, and it's kind of interesting because and and, and I am going to compare him to, to to Jim Johnson, who I was fortunate enough to have coached for. You know, he, um, he's he got a little bit of feel, in my opinion, that way. Because that's when I was with Jim, that's how the defense evolved. It was get the basics installed, you know, work it the next year, throw out whatever doesn't work, and then, hey, let's refine where we are. And I think that's where we are. We're at the point where we, where we are refining it, and he's going to cut these guys loose. So it's been exciting to watch. It has. And, and I think, Sam, that's a, that's a great conversation right there because if I really think about it, that's – kind of the comparison I would make. And, and can that be hard for a coach to keep evolving? Obviously, you know, someone who's been in the league as long as him had, you know, some of the... No, I mean, if, if you don't grow, change, and, and adapt, you know, you're going to be extinct pretty soon. And that's, you know, believe it or not, that's something that was talked about at the beginning of this year is that, you know, we need to change, we need to grow, we need to adapt. That's why we've done the things that we've done because the league evolves. And if you don't keep up and change and, and adapt, you know, you, you're going to struggle. And the same thing for working with these young players. If you don't understand them, you don't work with them. It's one thing that I learned from John Madden was, you know, you got to keep up with these guys. you got to understand them to communicate with them. All right. I thought that from Rod Rivera on Jack Del Rio was really interesting, especially the part about Jack taking personally Washington's disappointing 2021 defense, him taking responsibility for that. Now, Ron said that he has addressed that before, but, you know, what Jack did is really good. You know, that's leadership. Uh, We also heard Ron detail the X's and O's of Jack's commander's defense. Uh, The 2023 season is uh, season number two for the commanders employing this uh, zone match defense. The basic idea with zone match defense is that you're taking elements of both zone and man-to-man coverage. It's a complicated defense, but it can confuse the heck 
out of a quarterback. Uh, Jack Del Rio now is 60. He, as an NFL head coach, has had mixed results, especially with the league trending toward young head coaches with primarily offensive backgrounds. I would think that Jack's days as an NFL head coach are done. But if the commander's defense in the 2023 season is good, and we are looking at Washington having a good defense for a third time in Jack's four seasons as the team's defensive coordinator, that is rarefied air in these parts. Again, uh, the commanders this coming season could be top 10 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA for a third time in four seasons for the first time since 2004 through 2007. Well, hopefully Jack Del Rio is presiding over what turns out to be a great 2023 Commanders defense. If you have a big event that you're planning and you want that event to go great, uh, know that Catering by Uptown can handle your needs. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Uh, Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a thousand delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you're having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Uh, Also know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event waitstaff. No experience is necessary and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. More now on the commanders of head coach Ron Rivera's post-practice press conference on Thursday afternoon. There is no such thing as too much conversation about quarterback Sam Howell. <laughs> and, and so we on Thursday afternoon had this exchange between commanders insider Ben Standig of The Athletic and Ron Rivera. With Sam, I think we've asked you some version of this a hundred times, but over the course of these last several months, what's like maybe the one area that you just think have seen the most progress out of him? All right, so for the 101st time, I, <laughs> um, honestly, I, I'm really pleased with, with his overall growth and development. I mean, his command of the offense really has come along very nicely. You know, when you first watch guys get into the system, and, and I know how hard it is to learn and grow within it, um, but you see it. Um, his decision making is probably one of the really good things that he's done. You know, he protects the ball for the most part. He understands how important it is to protect the ball. Um, that's one thing. One thing that I know I talked about a lot last year, especially with you guys, was about his footwork. And I think his footwork has come a long way. I really do. I think he understands the importance of, you know, 
proper footwork, proper timing in your footwork. You know, if you have a five-step drop and you, you can't get there too quick because if you're there too quick, now you're waiting on the guy. If you're too late, you're going to deliver the ball behind him where, he, you know, where we can't make a play. So he's understood how important that is to get that down, to get that timing down. Um, you know, he's, he's got a terrific arm and he knows how to use it. That's the thing that's been really interesting is in terms of, you know, he can zip it in there. He can put a little touch on it. You know, he can, he can put a little more arc on it and hang it out there or he can just put it online so when to use that is another thing that he's learning and growing and getting really good at so there's been a lot of areas Ben to, to, the, to your question that I really think he's grown a lot Notable that Rod Rivera right there again complimented Sam Howell for the improvement in his footwork uh, that as of a year ago was maybe the biggest weakness of Sam that he has improved on that a lot is great to hear and is a testament to him and is a testament to his coaching. And, you know, we'll see how this translates to the regular season. So did you see that ESPN in its annual list of the top 100 players in the NFL had three commanders players? ESPN on Monday came out with the outlet's annual ranking of the top 100 players in the NFL. The list was based on ESPN asking, quote, a panel of dozens of ESPN NFL experts to rate players based on performance expectations for the 2023 season as compared with their peers. Emphasis was placed solely on the upcoming season and predicting potential greatness rather than past performance, career resume, or positional value. End quote. Well, receiver Terry McLaurin came in at number 36. Interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen came in at number 64. And interior defensive lineman Deron Payne came in at number 70. So the commanders had not just three of the top 100 players in the NFL, but three of the top 70 players in the NFL. Now, personally, I don't get caught up in these uh, offseason slash preseason lists that we hear so much about every year, but I did find the commanders on this ESPN list having three of the top 70 players in the NFL to be a nice thing. And I come back to something that is worth remembering. The commanders for the 2022 regular season ranked 11th in the NFL in non-quarterback wins above replacement, non-quarterback war for pro football focus. So basically, the commanders for the 2022 regular season had the 11th best roster in the NFL in terms of production when you take out the position of quarterback, which of course uh, matters just a bit, okay? (laughs) Quarterback, uh, the most important position uh, in the sport and I think in all of sports. Uh, But the team for the 2022 regular season ranking number 11 in the NFL in non-quarterback war per PFF does speak to the roster being at least pretty good. I mean, the team's offensive line last season was bad. The team last season got very little production at tight end, and yet the team for the 2022 regular season still ranked 11th in the NFL in non-quarterback war per PFF. Rod Rivera on Thursday afternoon on how he feels about Washington's roster as he heads into his fourth regular season as the team's head coach, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider John Keim of ESPN. Oh, I think it's pretty good. I really do. I think we're pretty solidified on, on where we are as a defense. Um, I like the guys up front. I think our front line is is solid. It's sound. You know, we were the number three defense last year, so that was a, a real good indication of, of how good we can be uh, if we play the game that we're capable of. Um, offensively, 
I like the things that we've done. I like decisions that we've made on the players. You know, our offensive line, we feel it's really come together nicely. Uh, we've got decent depth there. You know, it's a little untried because it's young, uh, but it's a young group, and we're, we feel good that they'll continue to grow and get better. And we like the skill positions. You know, we, we like where we are at tight end with Logan back out on the football field. I think that completes our group at tight end. I think our running backs have shown they're, they're young, stout, powerful guys that have uh, some, some good quickness, some good ball skills. And are willing to stick their, uh, you know, their 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 faces in there and and protect the quarterback. Um, and I like the wide receiver group. I think it's led by Terry, and you know he's he's a solid veteran guy who's you know been an All Pro player for us. And we just feel good that he's got a good group of guys behind him. You know, with, with Jahan and, and Curtis and Diami coming along, and Pringle really stepping in for us and helping us out. It's just it, we have the the pieces that we're looking for, um, and we just feel comfortable. And you're you're an admitted optimist when yep. it comes to everything. How do you balance being that optimist and saying like, okay, I really think this one is? I always ask myself that question. I do, John. I ask myself, am I seeing what I really am seeing, or is this what I hope to see? And and I do. I sit there and I watch the tape from practice, and I, when I see those flashes uh, that tell you this is this is what we've been working towards, you, you feel real comfortable, real good about it. Um, you know, today even though it was a shelled practice, so the tempo was excellent. Uh, the playmaking out there was outstanding on both sides of the ball. You know, and those are the things that give you pause to be optimistic. But again, I'm gonna sit there and ask myself: Am I seeing what I, I want to see, or am I seeing what's really out there? Well, clearly, Rod Rivera wasn't going to trash his roster, okay? But it's not fanboy talk. It's not Ashburn syndrome uh, to think that the commanders have a decent roster, maybe even an upper half of the NFL roster, you know, a top 16 roster. Uh, We do have a Jamin Davis update. His legal situation now is on hold until after the 2023 season. Uh, So Jamin, as you likely know by now, on March 28th, 2022, was charged with Reckless driving, uh, this for going 114 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone. A judge on July 31st rejected a plea agreement for Jamin. A judge on August 3rd rejected a revised plea agreement for Jamin. And so a new hearing was set. This hearing was for Thursday, August 31st. And what came from that hearing was that Jamin's appeal was continued to March 4th, 2024. Uh, He, on that date, is scheduled to face a jury trial, uh, although a new plea deal is a possibility. A resolution with the state of Virginia, with the Commonwealth, uh, is a possibility, too. And by the way, coming out in all of this has been that Jamin was charged with reckless driving in December 2021. You hope, at the very least, that Jamin Davis has uh, learned some lessons from uh, all of this. Uh, Now, as you likely remember, one of the reasons that Washington took Jamin with the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft was that he supposedly (laughs) was a great guy. And look, he may be a great guy. I mean, we all make mistakes. I've made a million mistakes. But what we heard about with Jamin coming out of Kentucky was how good of a person he was, how hard of a worker he was. Uh, This was Ron Rivera on Thursday afternoon on striking the right balance between talent and culture fit when developing a roster. Well, you always always think that, you know, if you have a a good locker room, you can have whoever you want in there because the players will handle it. And, you know, we've we've done that. We've, we've, We've been around that before. And I think our locker room is in a very good place. I, th- I think having guys come in and get them to understand what our guys 
are all about, what we're all about, what our culture is. Um, and if it's strong and it's sturdy, it can, it can withstand that. It can, it can adapt. We can get players to adapt to it. And, and those that just won't or just can't, you do have to move on. You really do. You know, Bill Walsh used to say, you know, there, there's a put-up rule. You can put up with only so much. But the reason you can is because you've got a good, strong locker room. Um, I was paraphrasing there. But, you know, along those lines, that's basically what it's about. Because the room is good, it's strong, then you can bring a guy in that, you know, is going to have to learn to assimilate. And for the most part, they will. The word culture has become a big-time buzzword with Washington in recent years. Ever since then-team president Bruce Allen in October 2019 said that the culture of the team was damn good uh, when the culture turned out to be terrible. You know, the culture is actually damn good. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Brucey. I do think that the culture of our football team has gotten a lot better. Now, two things. Number one, the culture of the team basically had no choice but to get better. And number two, they're always with this culture stuff is a lot that we don't know. But given what we do know, yeah, the culture of the team has improved. Uh, The culture, dare I say, may actually finally be good. You know, the culture is actually damn good. (laughs) Yeah, you see, Bruce Allen may have been right after all. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, my friends, the 2023 college football season got started last weekend, uh, included a rough loss for Navy. Uh, The midshipmen began their season with a 42-3 loss to then number 13 Notre Dame in Dublin, Ireland last Saturday afternoon. Navy's next game is not until Saturday afternoon, September 9th, home to Wagner at 3.30. But we this Saturday have Maryland, Virginia, and Virginia Tech all beginning their seasons. And so it is time 
for the 2023 season debut of Goldilocks. Uh, You have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Uh, This is Goldilocks, my previews and picks against the spreads for games played by Maryland, Navy, Virginia Tech, and Virginia. And back with us for Goldilocks, once again, is the D-O-double-G. No Goldilocks pick is official until we hear the words of the great Snoop Dogg. Give it to me, Snoop. Make money, money, make money, money, money. That's right, Snoop. Welcome to another college football season. My intention was to do an official Goldilocks selection for Maryland, but lines for games involving FBS teams versus FCS teams usually do not come out until Friday. So I'll just uh, talk about Maryland, which is home to Towson and FCS school Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Do we now have significant expectations for the Terrapins? Uh, this is season number five for Mike Loxley as Terps head coach, uh, not counting his run as Terps interim head coach in 2015. The Terps are coming off a step forward season, a 2022 season in which they went 8-5, and five, their first eight-win season since going 9-4 and four in the 2010 season, what was Ralph Regan's final season as Terps head coach. Back for a fourth season at Maryland is quarterback Talia Tungavailoa. Uh, he did not transfer. He did not turn pro. He is Maryland's record holder in basically every major single season and career passing category. Uh, Mike Loxley This past July 27th at the second of two Big Ten football media days said that the program now is at a point at which the program can compete for Big Ten championships. Take a listen. I'd like to end by just sharing a a really impactful quote that I read. Uh, It says, vision without action is a dream. Action without vision is a nightmare. And for us, our program is at a point finally where we can say we're here to compete for Big Ten championships. You haven't heard me say that in the previous four times I've been in front of you guys, but I think now is the time. Uh, But we're not going to let goals like winning championships get in the way of doing the work, and our players understand that. There you go, Mike Loxley, this past July 27th, quote, we are here to compete for Big Ten championships, end quote. Uh, Here would be the problem with Maryland competing for Big Ten championships. The Terps play in the Big Ten East, which also includes Michigan and Ohio State. This always has been the thing with the Terps ever truly competing for championships in the Big Ten. How realistic is Maryland ever being better than Michigan and Ohio State? But you know what? You got to think big. You can't think scared. And Mike Loxley certainly is thinking big, and I can respect that. All right, here we go. All lines on uh, Goldilocks this season are courtesy of Crab Sports, which you via this podcast will be hearing a lot about in the coming weeks. Uh, Goldilocks, game number one, Virginia at number 12, Tennessee, Saturday at noon. The Cavaliers are plus 27 and a half. Uh, no warming up in the bullpen for Wahoo when it comes to its 2023 season. The Cavs are beginning season number two with Tony Elliott as head coach. Uh, season number one did not go well. The Cavs went three and seven overall, including one and six in the ACC. And then came the horrendous tragedy. Late Sunday night, November 13th, 
2022, a former Virginia running back who I will not name shot and killed three Virginia football players and shot and wounded two other Virginia students, including another Virginia football player. Uh, The three Virginia players who were killed were receiver Lavelle Davis Jr., receiver and Wisconsin transfer Devin Chandler and linebacker slash defensive end Deshaun Perry. Uh, The Virginia player who was wounded was running back Mike Hollins, who is on the team for the 2023 season. I hope he has a monster season. Uh, big change at quarterback for Virginia. Brennan Armstrong transferred to NC State, and the Wahoos now have a Tony Musket as their QB1. Tony Musket, great name for a quarterback. Uh, he's a transfer from Monmouth, which is an FCS school. Uh, but there is major injury news for the Hoos for this game at Tennessee. UVA's top edge defender, Chico Bennett Jr., will not play in the game due to a knee injury. Also, a starting safety for UVA, Antonio Clary, uh, is a game-time decision due to a high ankle sprain. Uh, This game does not set up well for the Cavs. Tennessee is loaded. Uh, The Volunteers' new starting quarterback is Joe Milton III. He's listed as being 6'5 and 235 pounds, was the MVP of the Orange Bowl for last season off what happened with Tennessee's previous starting quarterback, the Virginia Tech transfer, Hendon Hooker. Uh, He suffered a toward left ACL in Tennessee's loss at South Carolina this past November 19th. 27 and a half points. A lot of points for a matchup of Power 5 conference teams, but give me Tennessee minus the 27 and the hook. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop. And Goldilocks game number two, Virginia Tech home to Old Dominion. Saturday night at eight, the Hokies are 15 and a half. Boy, you think about Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia on a Saturday night season opener. Do you think some people will be ginned up for that game? (laughs) Uh, The Hokies are beginning season number two with Brent Pry as head coach. The Hokies in the 2022 season went just three and eight, suffered their first seven game losing streak since 1950. One. Uh, believe it or not, Tech starting quarterback again is Grant Wells. How many Hokies fans expected that to be the case when the team's 2022 season ended? But Wells beat out Baylor transfer Kyron Drones to win the Hokies starting quarterback job, although there is an expectation that Drones will play some on Saturday night. Virginia Tech versus Old Dominion. Uh, There is a bit of a recent history here, as every Tech fan knows and uh, would like to forget. Do you remember what happened last season? Tech began its 2022 season with a 2017 loss at Old Dominion on September 2nd, 2022. Uh, September 2018, then number 13, Virginia Tech lost at Old Dominion 49-35 as ODU backup quarterback Blake LaRussa came off the bench and went 30 of 49 for 495 yards for touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, ODU for the 2023 season is not supposed to be good. If the Hokies this season are going to be better than they were last season, then actually beating ODU in a September game needs to happen. Tech should win, but I don't like it to cover. Give me ODU plus the 15 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Yes, sir. And so your Goldilocks for college football week one, Tennessee minus 27 and a half, ODU plus 15 and a half.
Well, the Nationals in the month of August 2023 went an impressive 17-11. and 11. It was their first winning month in a regular season since June 2021, but the Nats ended August with four losses in five games, thanks in large part to an offense that has gone cold. Uh, Thursday night, a 6-1 loss to the Miami Marlins at Nationals Park in Game 1 of a four-game series. The Nats for the 2023 regular season now are 62-73. and But the Nats, during the stretch of four losses in five games, have totaled just 10 runs, including just five runs over the four losses. Uh, the game on Thursday night was the first game of a nine-game homestand for the Nats off a nine-game road trip. Uh, Nats manager Davey Martinez, during his post-game press conference on Thursday night, did admit that the Nats in this game were a little flat. Uh, The Nats on Thursday night also were without their best hitter this season. Outfielder Lane Thomas, he was a late scratch due to back tightness. This loss on Thursday night came a month to the day of the Nats trading their other very good hitter this season. Third baseman Jamer Candelario. Uh, The Nats on July 31st traded Candelario to the Chicago Cubs for two prospects. And some Nats who had been hitting very well have cooled off. And so all of this has come together. And the Nats right now are in a bit of an offensive rut. This is not a great hitting Nats team to begin with, certainly not from a home run hitting standpoint, but the Nats this season have proven themselves to be capable offensively. Uh, Not lately, though. Uh, The Nats on Thursday night totaled just one run, just three hits, and just two walks, uh, went 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. That (laughs) was the Nats offense on Thursday night. Uh, The Nats' lone run came in the bottom of the fifth on a one-out RBI sack fly by C.J. Abrams to cut the Nats' deficit to 5-1. Abrams on Thursday night as the Nats' starting shortstop and number one batter went 0 for 3 with the RBI sack fly uh, and an error in the top of the ninth committed a two-out fielding error on a grounder by Jazz Chisholm Jr. up the middle. Uh, The Nats' three hits on Thursday night were a double and two singles. The double was by Jacob Young. He is the Nats' starting center fielder, and number nine batter went one for three with the double and two strikeouts. Young in that Nats' one-run fifth at a one-out opposite field hustle double to right field. But otherwise, not much happening for the Nats offensively in this game. The top three batters in the Nats lineup on Thursday night, C.J. Abrams, designated hitter Joey Manessis, and catcher Cape Ruiz. They went a combined 0 for 10 with the uh, Abrams RBI sack fly. Uh, The Nats starting pitcher in this 6-1 loss to the Marlins on Thursday night was Yoan Adone. Uh, He was not good. Uh, He allowed five runs in five innings. He gave up nine hits, a three-run homer, two doubles, and six singles. He issued uh, just one walk, but he also issued two hit-by-pitches and two wild pitches. Uh, He recorded just three strikeouts. He threw 84 pitches, 50 strikes versus 34 balls. Adone in the top of the first allowed a run on a leadoff opposite field single by Luisa Rice to left center field, an infield single by ex-Nat Josh Bell on a ball that went off Adone, uh, and a two-out RBI double by Brian De La Cruz to deep left field for a one-nothing Marlins lead. Adone in the top of the fourth, a ladder run on an inning-ending double play, what was an odd play. Uh, Adone with the bases loaded and one out induced a Luis Arise liner that second baseman Michael Chavis let drop uh, for what ended up being a 4-6-5 double play on which a run 
did score because the run scored prior to the second out on the double play being obtained. Uh, Adone in the inning gave up two singles and issued a hit by pitch and a wild pitch, but one of the singles was a first pitch opposite field single by Garrett Hampson on a hot shot off first baseman Dominic Smith on a play in which Adone was late to cover first base and Adone in the top of the fifth allowed three runs on a leadoff single by Josh Bell through the right side of the infield, a hit by pitch of Jake Berger and a three-run homer by Jazz Chisholm Jr. to right field for a 5-0 Marlins lead. This was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Thursday night on Joanna Doan. He just couldn't repeat his mechanics. Yeah, his arm was lagging a little bit in some pitches. Um, that's why That's why I think he got a little wild. Uh, so uh, we'll get it back and get him squared away. I mean, he's, you know, his last time he was, as we all saw, he was really good. Um, this time he fell behind a lot and just couldn't get it all together. His rhythm was off a little bit. His tempo was a, a, a little off as well. So, um, hey, well, heck, we'll talk to him. Uh, we'll get him back, uh, th- throw his bullpen, and get, get him squared away. How surprised were you by that? Just given how well he pitched against the Marlins like a week ago? No, like you know, I said he was—he's been pitching well, you know. And um, his changeup was good today. You know, out of any pitch, his changeup was was good. Um, he just got behind, you know. And and uh, when you get behind like that, you got some good hitters. You got to pay the price. Tempo-wise, do you think he was too fast or too slow? I thought he was too slow. I thought, he was, yeah, I thought he was too slow. Um, when his last outing, he got back on the mound. He was going. You know, today, he's kind of pacing around a little bit and uh, taking his time a little bit more than usual. So, Yoan Adone, in this, his latest stint at the major league level, has made five starts. He, in each of two of the starts, has teased throwing a no-hitter, <laughs> uh, including his last outing, which was at the Marlins. A 7-4 win at the Marlins last Friday evening, August 25th. Adone in that game tossed six scoreless innings, Uh, but Adone over the other three starts that he has made in his latest stint at the major league level has allowed 13 runs in 12 innings. (laughs) You could say that he has been up and down. Uh, Good game for the Nats bullpen on Thursday night. Three Nats relievers combined to allow one run in four innings. Robert Garcia tossed Two scoreless innings with four strikeouts. Jordan Weems tossed a perfect top of the eighth. Joe LaSorsa did allow one run in one inning. He, in the top of the ninth, gave up a two-out solo homer by Jake Berger to left field on an 0-2 pitch for a 6-1 Marlins lead. LaSorsa is back. The Nats on Thursday afternoon announced having recalled LaSorsa from AAA Rochester and having play starting pitcher Mackenzie Gore on the bereavement list. Now, Gore had not been scheduled to pitch in this series, although things could get tricky with Game 4 of this series. So Game 2 Friday night at 7.05, Jake Irvin will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game 3 Saturday afternoon at 4.05, Trevor Williams will be the Nats starting pitcher. Game 4 Sunday afternoon at 1.35, Josiah Gray is scheduled to be the Nats starting pitcher, but that could change depending on how his bullpen session on Friday goes. Uh, Gray as we have talked about on this podcast, had a uh, really bad month of August. And yet, the Nats in the month of August went 17-11. and 11.
And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I will have a show for you for Monday, uh, despite it being Labor Day. I will be laboring for Labor Day. Uh, Monday show, episode 648, will have a lot for you on the Commanders. Also talk college football, nationals, and Orioles. Uh, college football week one includes Maryland, home to Townsend, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Virginia at number 12. Tennessee Saturday at noon and Virginia Tech home to Old Dominion Saturday night at 8. The Nats this weekend will play the final three games of a four-game series against the Miami Marlins at Nationals Park. The O's this weekend have a three-game series at the Arizona Diamondbacks. Have a great rest of your Friday. Have a great Saturday and Sunday and I'll talk to you on Monday. Uh, And then um, Benning Pattaya. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.